I've been patiently waiting for a track to explode on. You stun if you own and your ass will get rolled on. It feels like my flow's been hot for so long. Talk, 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 talk. Loud proud with it. The Lord's blessings leave me lyrically inclined. Work your technique right here. Work your technique right here. Flawless technique. Flawless technique. There you go. I ain't even got to try to shine. We're gonna practice today like we don't know nobody out here. Guards and seamstress that tailor fitted my pain. Oh yeah, I see it, eh? I see the swivel in the hips today, eh? They about to feel it today, eh? I got scriptures in my brain. I can spit at your dame straight out the good book. Look. You gotta get your hands on him, dish raggy, finish the play. 50 feet, no man, warrior. Swing swords like Conan. Nice, there it is. There it is. UCLA is at ASU. This news in college basketball. BYU forward Brandon Davis was kicked off the basketball team after he admitted to violating the school's honor code by having premarital sex with his girlfriend. Luckily, his girlfriend goes to Arizona State, so she actually got course credit. This is on the Pac-12 networks at noon. Um, ASU has given up 11.5 points. This is down from 12.5 points with an over-under of 61.5, which is down from, excuse me, up from 59. What do you guys think about that one? Yikes. Uh, I'm going under for sure. And, I, you know, I'll take ASU on the points as well, though. Okay. I'll take uh, UCLA in the under. UCLA. And, Gabe, you thought ASU? Yep. All right. I'm going to take ASU. And I'm sorry, Brandon, did you want the over or the under? I took the under. The under. I'm going to go over. ASU tends to play really well at home. I think defense is the, the UCLA defense is hot garbage. But it's interesting. Money's getting <laughs> pushed away from ASU and driving the, the spread up. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's almost yeah. as if they think UCLA is going to score a lot and, and keep it close. Uh, that's strange to me. Um, so, uh, Washington State. You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. Is at Colorado. It's Rocky Mountain High. It's on the four-letter network at 130. Uh, Washington State at number eight in the nation. He's given up six points. That's actually up from four and a half. And the over-under <laughs> is at 61.5, which is a little bit higher than the opening of 61. What do you guys think? I got Wazoo in the over on this. Colorado's defense, just uh, they're not going to be able to handle that kind of offense production from Wazoo. Yeah, I'm going to take Wazoo on the points. That's easy, and I feel like it's just a sin to take the under on Washington State. So <laughs> I'm just going to take the over. Even after last week. Yeah, yeah no, that, yeah, that, that does not shake me. I will continue to take the over on them. Yeah. I, I think Colorado's just completely depleted. They, th- this is, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're due for a pretty – although that could be one of those crazy home upset victories, kind of like Oregon was for us. Uh, but I will also take uh, Washington State in the over, so uh, call it a sweep from us. Um, Oregon – Um, rolls into Utah. Utah has given up four and a half points. That's up from three and a half. Yeah, go figure. Uh, With a 53 and a half point over under, which is down from 56 and a half. And I don't know if I mentioned it's on the Pac-12 Network set 330. 
Um, yeah, with all of Utah's injury, losing their starting quarterback, that's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, even with the, even with Hunley, I, I would still take Oregon. And so I'm going to take Oregon in the over. That, that seems like a kind of, yeah, that seems like a low under for sure. Yeah, I'm taking Oregon in the over as well. I mean, Oregon's playing angry right now with uh, after we stopped them. And uh, Utah, I think they're just it's, – it's, it's not that they won't be up for the game, but I think that their two biggest sparks on offense are gone. And I don't think that they'll have the same type of confidence that they normally do. So, yeah, I definitely yeah, – just don't, that's, that's odd that Utah is favored right now. Yeah, that's. Uh, I thought that was an odd line too. Let me just double check that. Make sure I didn't. You sure it's not? It. You sure it's not plus four? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll double check it. I could have been wrong. It would not be the first time I was wrong. Awkward pause. No, Utah minus four. That's so weird. Yeah, crazy. All right. So, um, yeah, I, it's a three-way sweep for me, and I'll join you guys on the Oregon and over train. I, that's an odd line, especially with them losing their quarterback. In fact, sometimes they don't even publish a line. When, when a major player goes out, they just hold off on publishing it. So to, to take Utah so emphatically, I think it's a bit odd. Um, Oregon State uh, is rolling into Stanford. Uh, it's going to be on the Pac-12 Networks at 7 p.m. Stanford's giving up. I'm not joking. 24 points. She's yeah. up from 22 and a half. I don't know who's driving Stanford's spread up, uh, anybody in their right mind, uh, with an over-under of 61, which is up from 59. Uh, I have no clue why that would be the case, but there you go. I I mean, uh, I mean, Bryce loves good. Oregon State's rush defense isn't, but – I mean, there's 24. No way, man. Did you ever? Did you see how Oregon State played in USC last week? And USA, USC has uh, pretty good running backs as well. So, yeah, no way, man. I'm taking Oregon State. And what was the over and under? 61. 60. Yeah, I will. T- <laughs> I'll take the over on that as well. All right. <laughs> I'm going to take the under on that for sure. And I think I'm going to take Oregon State. I feel like, I don't know, Stanford's been struggling. Lost four of the last five. They've scored, yeah, they've scored over 30 points three times this season. So not a whole lot. I think it'll be like 31 to 7 for sure. Yeah, I um, I'm gonna go with you on the OSU and the under Gabe. I my uh, apparently my crock pot uh, is having technical issues this season, so I'm sticking with Shaw and the crock pot analogy. But it's you know it just needs to be checked out by the the appliance repairman. Um, Cal is. If you want these kind of dreams, it's Californication. Rolling into SC. This is going to be on ESPN at 8.30. SC is a four-point favorite. That's down from five with an over-under of 46, which is down from 48. Hmm. So USC at five and 46. Hmm. Uh, it's minus four. It's down from minus five. Sorry. So it's four. Minus four and an over-under of 46. 
Dang, that's this is actually tough, man. Cause yeah, that's this is yeah, this is a toss up for sure. Ah, I my my instinct is to go with USC on the points and the over. Actually, I, yeah, I I agree with Gabe. I'm taking USC in the over, but here's why. No matter how well Chase Garbers plays, they pull him and put Brandon McElwain in. Yeah. I, I think that's an interesting – break this down, Brandon. Bo Bennett was a legitimate candidate for the Arizona head coaching position, I, you know, or at least, you know, a, a candidate. Um, what do you think of his performance with the quarterbacks this year? Because I think it's a hot mess the way he's managed them. The, the best way to describe it is if you take – uh, hot liquid garbage. <laughs> you leave it in in Death Valley for a few years in a container with no air holes, and then you open it up, and then you throw it on a football like that is. And then you his, light it on fire. And then you light it on fire. Like his 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 best way to gross mismanagement of the quarterbacks like is is what's causing California games. It's like they should have honestly I. They should if they kept Chase Garbers in that game against Wazoo, I think they would have won. What's the name of the kid who threw the thousand interceptions in our game? Uh, that's McElwain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean it's like, oh, we're doing too well. Let's bring McElwain in to throw an interception. It's like, hey guys, we got tamper expectations this year, and then let's, <laughs> let's get him in there to get the other team the ball. That's Funny like enough, his specialty. Like, he's not the mobile quarterback. He's the interception quarterback. So he like Garbers drove him down the field. I'm never. It was like in the fourth quarter against Wazoo. Like Garbers threw him, drove him down the field. It's like, you know. Get, they get a new set of downs. Here comes McElwain. And the, it's funny because the announcer's like, I don't understand why he does this. He likes to throw interceptions. And then, like, <laughs> sure enough, he threw, like, ball snaps. He throws a nice, pretty interception to, to Wazoo in the end zone. So it's like, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, so that's the games for the week. The Cats are on a bye. And um, if you look at the Pac-12 standings, uh, Utah's on top. I don't think that's going to last long, as you guys uh, astutely predicted. I think SC is the most – yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys called it. Um, I I was on the I was ready to jump on the Utah train, but if if this plays out like you guys called it, I I can still continue to troll them for not ever winning the Pac-12 South. So that's a that's a pleasantry. I'm really concerned about SC because they've only got Cal and UCLA left for the season, and they've got the tiebreaker on us with that putrid loss we had with them. And then we're currently ahead of ASU. ASU technically controls its own destiny, but um, They've got to play. Um, they've got to play Oregon at Oregon and UCLA this weekend before they come down for the Territorial Cup with us. So I think there's plenty of opportunities for them to to fade. Colorado, I think, is done, and I don't have much confidence in UCLA beating either USC or ASU. But let's hope they win both of those games. Um, so that's our wrap up and our chance for us to go to the South. But we really only need one other win to get to a bowl game, and so that's. Uh, Pleasantly surprising considering how the season started out of the gates, but probably mostly disappointing based on how we thought the season might go. Uh, why don't we move on to um, to uh, your guys's uh, article breaking down our uh, commitment from a three-star offensive guard, uh, Jamari Jamari Williams. All right, I'll start it off. So I really like this commitment. I mean, we've talked about how Arizona's offensive line has not had depth over the last 
two, three, probably four years or so. Seems like Rich had maybe like nine, maybe like eleven scholarship guys, and like not maybe not even that, but like maybe nine guys who probably nine, and then probably like seven. You're like, all right, I feel comfortable with this group, and so now there's some depth there right now, but not so much in development. But Joe Gilbert's done a tremendous job this season. Uh, with having to do all this patchwork and getting these guys ready. And I really like Jamari Williams. Uh, I think out of the three offensive line commits, Jordan Morgan and Rocky Atoga, he is the best right now. And I think that he has a shot to really become a big piece for the offensive line going forward. I think that he is, he's very similar to Rocky where he's kind of a, a downfield, run-blocking, aggressive, physical guy, big size. Uh, I think he does have a little bit of bad weight, um, and he can turn that into some good weight for sure. Um, but I really like him. I think that he's a really good piece, and I think the, the, his film is great and really a much-needed piece. And it's just, man, you needed an a, a offensive lineman really badly that. I don't, I don't know if he'll be ready as a true freshman, and I'm not sure you want to throw out a true freshman. But like I said before, I think Jordan Morgan, uh, you know, he's someone Someone had a comparison. But there's, oh, someone said that he's like a baby German shepherd or something right now. And and then, and you know, in, in three years, he'll be a grown German shepherd. And so I think that's like the perfect analogy for him. And then Rocky, kind of a mysterious Juco project that isn't coming until May, which is really a bummer. But I love Jamari Williams, and I think that he's got some NFL potential for sure. Um, uh, Brandon, did you want to add anything on that, or do you want to jump right into our how our commits are doing this week? This week? Yeah, I'll add a little bit, like because. Gabe and I pretty much have the same thoughts on Jamari. Um, but one, one little bit I want to add is that to me, Williams actually brings uh, a nice mix of what, and I think, yeah, pretty much Gabe alluded to, but like it's a different way. He brings a nice mix of what Jordan Morgan and Rocky Ayatogi actually bring like his, his big physical and aggressive play style is much like Ayatogi's, but his, that he is very athletic for someone his size as well. And to me, that reminds me a lot of uh, Jordan Morgan, because uh, you know, Jordan's very, very athletic as well, um, and man, he's he's nasty. He brings a really nasty edge, uh, you know, to the field with, with, with the way he plays, and that's something that anyone uh, would want or and should want in their offensive lineman. But that's pretty much all I really got to add um, about Jamari. A solid pickup, and honestly, the offensive line group is starting to look really, really well. They're really good. Yeah, and he comes with a, a pretty nice offer list too. Um, not not like top tier programs, but he definitely had a list of schools with Louisville, Boston College, Indiana, Kentucky, Miss State, NC State, Purdue. So he definitely had uh, some options coming out. Ranked outside the top eleven hundred, I think he's like a top eight hundred kid. Um, you know. Going in, I think Quabena Watson is more of a top 500, and he's outside the top 800. But I digress. Uh, 6'4", 275, <laughs> offensive guard, though. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like for Jamari. Uh, before, Brandon, you go into the, the, the current commits and how they're doing this week, 
Do you guys think that there's any chance that there's going to be some departures uh, this offseason and this class might expand even more than than we've already thought it would? Funny enough that you asked that because I just shot Gabe a confirmation of of one that I don't think that we we were pretty sure was going to happen, but, like, it's no kidding now happening. Like, uh, on Twitter, Sione Telfahema, who's – Defensive tackle on scholarship has yet to play it down at Arizona. Um, just just mentioned how he's going to be a grad transfer at the end of the season. Yeah, which is very odd. I'm, I'm not sure if that is something that you're allowed to post while you're currently. I don't know. That just seems a little odd. But yeah, he just he never really found a groove here. Huge body, six three three thirty, but had some weight issues and injury issues and. I guess this new staff doesn't like him. So, yeah, he's definitely one of them that we know for sure. He's a redshirt junior. I don't think he would have gotten asked back anyways. Uh, I mean, there's a couple guys. I mean, you figure a quarterback's got to go, right? Like Kari Lane. Lane, probably somewhere closer to his hometown in Georgia. I still think that Rhett Rod stays as long as Rich is in Tucson and that whole family's there. Jamari, I mean, for, for me, my argument for – Jamarie potentially leaning to leave the program is just he's more of a dual threat guy and you're seeing Khalil I mean maybe it is Khalil Tate being greedy and not wanting to run wanting to show off his arm but for me I look at it as if you know this is Noah Mazzoni's offense he's bringing in two he brought in Kevin Doyle and he's bringing in Grant Cannell two pro style guys um, you know tall accurate pocket passers and yeah, I'm just not sure if his skill set exactly fits here. So that's kind of my case. I think him and Lane are probably two guys that go. I'm interested when it comes to running backs, uh, whether they ask Brandon Leon or Anthony Mariscal back. You have uh, who's there? me of Michael Wiley coming in, and you have a pretty young group. So I don't know what happens with them. Cedric Peterson, another question mark there. Yeah, I mean, well, I think Cedric Peterson will come back. I do think that I think uh, um, Brian Castile, regardless of what anyone might think, I think he comes back. I know he's been dealing with an injury this year, um, which was why he hasn't played. Um, yeah, that's like a that's a good point about Anthony and 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 Brandon Leon because I mean with Bam Bam Nathan Tilford's coming start. I get that feeling that Nathan Tilford's actually coming up pretty pretty well and is actually gaining favor with the staff. You got Wiley coming, you know, Wiley coming in and JJ is still sticking around. So, and then you got Gary Brightwell. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think those two, cause those two are on scholarship. I think that they might, might bounce. And I'm actually kind of wondering about Justin Belknap. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially for sure. I mean, depend, especially if he can get a medical red shirt as well, um, then he could get two years to play one if he decides to graduate transfer. Um, yeah, that one's interesting. Looking down the list, I don't. Apparently, PJ Johnson. There's rumors that he might not be returning as well with his eligibility being exhausted from his injury. Sammy Morrison. I'm not. I mean, you need some corners, but I'm not sure the staff brings him back. And I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. As far as like younger guys, let's see. I'm trying to maybe Curtis Brown. 
Yeah, yeah, Curtis Brown is definitely on the watch list. Nathan Tilford's got a huge couple of games if he can see the field and, and at least start to show some progress. That'll be interesting to see if he sticks around. Um, gosh, I mean, may, maybe a tight end leaves. I don't know. Um, Jamie Nunley could, could certainly leave. Um, they haven't really used him at all, let alone tight ends. And I, I'm not even sure if he's hit three games. Maybe he does special teams. I know he was a he's, big. Uh, he's yeah. He's been on the. He's he's actually been in like offensive snaps and stuff like that for a good chunk of the year. Okay. It's only it's only been the, like the last couple of games that he hasn't. Yeah, um, maybe some safeties like Reddy Short. I don't know. I mean, he's yet to see the field. I think. I mean, maybe he's been out there a couple times. Um, but I mean, he's just been buried, and there's a bunch of safeties. Uh, some safeties coming in as well. So pretty interesting to see. But then I think I was tweeting with somebody earlier. And so, you know, the, the initial, originally, I think going into this season, uh, there were like 16 scholarships available in total. Um, and now, you know, you're definitely creeping up. You Or maybe there was 13 and then you got 16 once. Uh, who were the guys? that Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jevin Hill... Antonio Wallace and Adam, Adam Plant, Plant. Yep. yeah, all off the team for academics. That opened it up to sixteen, and so now you've you've had some departures, or there's some some guys who won't be coming back. You figure, and it's gotten bigger, and so that allows your class to get bigger. But at the same time, I still feel like Kevin won't keep this. He, he won't take as many scholarships that he has available. Just because this is his first class, you know, I feel like he doesn't want to, you know, put all his scholarship or put a lot of his scholarships into his first class when he knows that this one was kind of it. It should hopefully just be kind of your the class that you just kind of feel fill out and try to get through in your first year, and your better classes are in the future. So I don't think you want to tie up, you know, let's say twenty two scholarships in this class, and then a super young team so you got a lot of freshmen and sophomores coming up and you know you're going to have a lot of scholarships tied up between your then freshmen sophomores and juniors uh, with a pretty small senior class or now currently junior class about to be senior class um, you're not going to gain very many scholarships there so i still think that i i think it'll be around 19 or so in total for the class but we'll definitely see some departures um, towards the end of the season, for sure. All right, Brandon, why don't you lay on us how the recruits that we do have committed are doing this week. Radio 470 AM, it is game day, people. Welcome to the most talked about game in the state of Texas. I'm already sweating like a whore in church. We're going to play fast, we're going to take what we can get, gentlemen. Do you understand me? Let's show them what we got. You So like always, it'll be uh, I'll put my two cents in, and then uh, Gabe will put his in, and we'll hug it out. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, with Grant Canell, uh, I was unable to find. There was like no film on him, which is kind of odd, and it's usually not the case. Um, um, but he, you know, he broke his second uh, Texas high school football record in in three weeks. 
Um, he ended up breaking the uh, career passing touchdowns record, and he racked up uh, his 185th career touchdown uh, by the end of the game. And, um, you know, that's job well done on his part. Uh, he was pretty efficient in the game as well. He's 25 for 31 for 411 yards, not 4,411 yards, uh, six touchdowns and a pick and had three carries for seven yards on the ground. And uh, they beat Antonian prep uh, 54 or sorry, 55 to 14. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to keep saying it. I cannot wait for Gunnell to get on campus. Yeah. I mean, he's, Pretty much. I mean, I still think that Kevin Doyle has uh, a shot to push him or anyone else for a starting job. But I mean, yeah, Gunnell is just the clear-cut guy overall. Just so smooth in everything that he does. He looks really good. And I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. But I mean, he could definitely. You know, step in for Arizona and turn this thing around. All right, moving on to a uh, probably he's just he's like Gabe saying he's, he's top five hundred talent, no doubt. But Quabena Watson had himself another really solid game. Um, Edison played their first playoff game of the year against uh, Ridgeview and won forty two to thirty three. Uh, just based on the film and everything, uh, Watson had five tackles and about a tackle and a half for a loss. Uh, man, like it was like watching his game film around the 52 second mark was probably one of the greatest pass rushing moves I've seen at, at any level. Really, he so the ball snapped. He was he was a stand up line outside linebacker, pretty much like the stud. Um, he's he uh, as soon as the ball snapped, he made this quick little nifty move like just blew right past the blocker and was in the QB's face. Probably like, it was like a second after the football snapped. It was, I mean, he was in this dude's face so fast. I don't think that the guy had really any chance. He just kind of threw the ball up around down the sideline and it was incomplete, but man, it was, I mean, he got to the backfield and in that guy's face so quick. It was just, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah, this was really good film this week from him. I mean, he's had good film all year, but uh, yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell when you watch his film that he's a top 500 type of guy. He has the offer list to prove it and plays at a pretty good high school. So, I mean, maybe I know towards the end of the season, they kind of do a, a complete overhaul of the rankings, especially the guys in the top 800 to 500-ish or so. So hopefully we can see him make a jump. But, I mean, he's... He's going to be really good at Arizona with Kylan and Jalen. Kind of just a hybrid of both of those guys, and I think he could be better than both of them. And I love Jalen Harris, so that's actually going to be good. That's a really good comparison, actually. He's a really good mix of the two. He's got the size of Kylan, but his explosiveness off the edge definitely is very uh, resemblance of uh, Jalen, who I agree with. I actually really like him too. He's a he's a phenomenal football player and. Really good kid, actually. So moving on to uh, Jackson Turner. Um, Rancho Verde uh, won their 11th game this year, so they're now 11-0 of the year, and it was their first playoff game against uh, Tesoro, uh, which is in Rancho Cucamonga, and they won 40-28. to uh, Still no film on Jackson. It's kind of odd. Um, he didn't do much uh, defense, or sorry, offensive-wise with production, but his uh, defensively it was probably one of the better games that 
at least stat-wise, that I have seen uh, so far this year with seven tackles and two broken-up passes. Um, it, I mean, I can't really say much, but just because based, I didn't see any film, but just based on his, st- his stats, especially defensively, it looks like he had a really strong game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just if it were based out of not talent, I, I don't know. Just overall, he is my favorite recruit, but obviously Ganell and Corbena have much higher impacts at Arizona just because of the nature of their position. But I love Jackson. All right. And then uh, moving on to Maurice Gaines. Um, we actually had about what gave about a minute of film this week. It's pretty remarkable what happens when you actually film um, a football game. Um, and he, it looked like he had a pretty good game for the most part. Like, uh, but just based on what I saw, he had about a, he only had a tackle and a pass broken up, and that that PBU was almost an interception uh, that could have gone the other way for a touchdown. But um, it definitely, sh- I mean, like, I've read I read earlier this year that like um, Maurice is actually pretty happy with how his his personal season's gone because. Um, he's not so much worried about the statistics that he gets, but he's very happy with the fact that uh, a lot of the quarterbacks that he plays against don't throw his way just because of how uh, much of a lockdown corner he is. And, and you can see it um, through this small amount of, you know, small lens that we were able to this year. But yeah, I, I, I'm still pretty, pretty happy with what Arizona's getting with Gaines. Yeah. I really like Gaines, big corner uh, has the size had film this week and it was maybe like 480p, you know. It was actually some, some <laughs> decent quality as well this time. Um, but it looks like he has dropped in the rankings, which, I mean, we know how great the ranking system is with Grant Gunnell and Quibena and some of these guys. But um, he was like a rat just outside the top 1,000, maybe 1,100. Now he's like 1,400, which doesn't make any sense because he's only picked up more attention with his Arkansas, Texas, Baylor, um, Georgia Tech offer. So very interesting to see. But, I mean, if, I'm happy if this guy goes under the radar. Is he a mid-year enrollee or is he? He uh, is... I think he, I think he does have that ability to be a mid-year enrollee. Yeah, so that'll be huge to get him on campus early. Arizona needs corners badly, and he could probably get in the mix pretty early there. All right, moving on to uh, probably my favorite offensive commit that Arizona's picked up this year, Jalen Johnson. Uh, Gabe and I were ch- uh, chatting with him or chatting about him the other day, and. Gave me a pretty good point, a pretty good comparison to he's very much like a tall uh, Devon Cooper um, in the sense that he's able to either take a, a small, you know, take a, a quick curl route and run it down the field for a touchdown. Um, he has that elusive speed of, of Devon and I just it still blows me away how fast he runs for someone his size. Um, but Eleanor uh, Roosevelt, which is his high school, uh, dropped their first and only playoff game of the season uh, to Sierra Canyon, 55 to 27. Johnson had a, an okay game. He had uh, seven catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he finished the season with 45 catches, 789 yards, six touchdowns, which is a 100% start difference from last year, uh, statistically and development-wise. Um, I remember uh, when he committed. Uh, uh, one of my sources told me that he's he's 
he's uh, that to, you know watch out for Jalen uh, because he'd be a breakout candidate this year. And I think it's pretty. I think that's a fair assessment because I think one of the guys, um, Chase Williams, um, who was a four-star athlete that went to USC. And then um, uh, Braden Huffman Dixon, who transferred from Eleanor Roosevelt to Matter Day. Um, So that left uh, Jalen to be the number one receiver. And I think he took full advantage of it this season. Um, I think that, honestly, his stats would be better if his quarterback play was better. But uh, everything that he was given, he definitely took advantage of. Yeah, I was really proud of my Devon Cooper comparison this week when we were chatting. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's 6'3", probably can put on another 30 pounds. He's going to be awesome. But, yeah, his quarterback play is mediocre. I think last time we checked, the dude had thrown, like, seven touchdowns to, like, 14 interceptions. So Yeah, that's pretty bad. Just uh, – yeah, just hope he can get the ball and not get killed over the middle. <laughs> and then we go down to Jamari Williams, which uh, Gabe and I have already talked about. So, um, but uh, kind of an update on how season's going. Uh, Cardinal Gibbons is actually eight and two. They just they won their game against uh, MacArthur last week, twenty-one to nothing. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he just continued to dominate defensive lines everywhere he goes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, he's put he's put out his senior film and it looks great, and that's all I gotta add. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on to Kane Bradford. This is this is tough. Like, I, we were we were getting film and updates and stuff like that, um, you know, via his school through Max Preps until what, like two weeks ago, and then we haven't really gotten anything. So we have no idea how he's done. We have no idea how he's looked the past few games. Um, we do know that Skyline beat Berkner High School 42-14, to 14, but other than that, we don't have much on him, so I can't really say anything about him. Yeah, and it kind of sucks because he's one of the guys that you really want to see the development. I, a lot of these guys will get to uh, one of my higher-ranked uh, recruits now these days, but with Jalen Johnson, you saw the huge development from junior to senior year. Kane, uh, super raw, is, is new to football, and you'd like to see that development. But nonetheless, um, it'll be a good piece going forward. I can't wait for Gabe to actually tell everyone what his what, what <laughs> fruit made a climb up up his ladder. Uh, he definitely did with mine as well. Um, so moving on, someone I still really like, Chris Rowland. Um, and it, it's funny, Gabe. I actually had someone else tell me uh, yesterday, actually, that they really like him as a wide receiver, too. So it just kind of made me laugh. Um, but he had another really good, uh, really good game, actually. Even defensively, he had a really good game uh, against uh, Polytechnic from um, Pasadena. Um, it was the it was William Knight's first playoff game. He finished the night with five tackles and two interceptions on defense and uh, five catches, 71 yards for two touchdowns on offense. Um, one of his touchdowns, both of his touchdowns actually on, on offense uh, or yeah, both of his touchdowns as a receiver, like he did a really great job of high pointing the ball and just, just straight up beating the defensive back. It was pretty good. And then defensively, uh, defensively uh, one of his interceptions, he did a phenomenal job of like dropping back, uh, reacting to the quarterback very quickly and made it, he had enough, he reacted, uh, 
so quick actually that he had enough time to fly across the field for like 30 yards, jump in front of the receiver and pick off the pass. So it was a really good performance overall from Chris Rowland. Um, one thing I do think that this is going to be something to watch. Um, he ended up picking an offer up an offer from USC. Um, so I know that's kind of piqued his interest. And from the last I heard, I think he is thinking about taking an official visit out to the Trojans. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Yeah, in this week's conversation, I had <laughs> said that Chris Rowland's wide receiver film is like what Cam Denson had in high school. Like he's just electrifying with the ball in his hands. And I mean, I think he's a great receiver. And I'm curious to see if USC is looking at him as a receiver or a corner or safety or whatever position they see him at. Uh, I think he's a really good wide receiver. I think, ah, oh man, it would that, that would be tough to pick between like Chris Rowland and Jalen Johnson at wide receiver. But I think I would honestly take Chris Rowland at wide receiver. I think he looks really good, but just there's not a lot of corner film, and he just, I don't know, that's a risky position that you really need someone at. And I don't know. Wide receiver, absolutely. But, you know, corner or safety, safety is just loaded. Those two positions just don't make sense for me right now. So hopefully they can uh, get something rolling with him. I ha- I actually have – I think I've told you about it, but I know I've told multiple other people. I can see Arizona using him at, at or pushing him to wide receiver. I don't know why. I just – I can see it because, I mean, Gabe's right. Like his receiver film's legit. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, Darian Clark, who – has recently made a jump up my board with his like covering 10 yards in a second kind of uh, playing style, which is extremely impressive. Um, he actually had a, another really good game. Um, it's, it's a broken record at this point. This guy's just, an, this guy's a baller. I it's, it's, it's a shame, but good for Arizona that he doesn't have more attention on him. Um, Game stats, he had nine tackles, three for a loss, three sacks, and an interception against Kimball High School when uh, South Oak Cliff actually won 56-7. Um, his interception was actually really funny. He dropped back in coverage and was kind of trailing kind of slowly towards where the, the play was developing. Um, and the defensive back, when the, you know, the quarterback threw the ball, the defensive back made a great play, you know, smacked the ball away from the receiver. But Darian was right in the, in, was in the right spot, so it just kind of fell on his lap, and then he just started running. And it was pretty, actually pretty funny because that's, that's kind of how I expect all linebackers to, to do coverage. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm used to Colin Schooler actually playing like a DB. So, um, yeah, it, it, like Clark is just, I, Clark's a steal. There's, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, I'm interested to see if he makes All-State for the third time in a row this season. certainly looks like he has the numbers to do so. He has 77 tackles, 15, four loss, four sacks, and a pick. And that's without all of his stats compiled. So, I mean, yeah, just, just a very odd situation. I mean, he his film, he does look pretty small. And I think we've talked about this before. I'm not sure... If he's, you know, he's probably just pushing six foot. Um, but, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a good player regardless of size. Right, I, I'm really super excited. About, I, this is this is this is the surprise. Michael Wiley. Um, you know, 
we didn't know really what his development was um, during the off season because we never, we didn't see much film. Like we had the, you know, we had a couple, couple glimpses here and there um, and his stats are pretty, pretty solid, but Holy, Holy crap. He has, he has made a complete 180 turnaround, massive jump. I mean, he jumped from like the first floor to the 20th in this off season with his development. He, it's like a really good mix, in my opinion, of like JJ Taylor speed and, and and elusiveness and cutting ability with Gary Brightwell's like north to south, stick the foot in the ground and turn up field kind of play. And I I I don't remember him being as explosive as he as he is this year, last year. It's it's I'm staggered. It's I'm impressed. I I really I mean I'm I don't really know how to explain it. Watch his senior season film. It's crazy. Yeah, this is interesting because at the time of his, well, I remember when he was first offered and Brandon was like, watch out for this kid. Like he's going to commit. I'm like, this film does not look like it's just, it just looks like, you know, you're just your average high school running back had offers to, I think like Yale and Princeton. And that was it. And I just didn't see it. And I think, the first game this season, he rips off like 16 carries for like 210 yards and two touchdowns. And I think that's his opening play of his highlights, like an 80-yard touchdown run. Um, but yeah, man, his his senior film looks phenomenal now. Like, I, I'm curious to see what his recruiting ranking is right now. Um, but I mean, he looks like he has the complete package right now. I mean, just it looks like everything slows down for him and like man, he just looks good. He can run inside, outside, and uh, he just looks smooth as a runner. So he's ranked uh, outside the top 1,700. But, I mean, I think he could be – I think he's like a top 1,000 player right now, just probably barely inside that. Um, just tremendous change from last year. And, yeah, you just really have to watch his senior film. It looks really nice. The interesting part I noticed about him was that – he's outrunning everyone. That was not a thing last year. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was getting caught for sure. He was getting caught. His vision is, it's like J it's, it, it is literally like watching JJ Taylor in high school in Texas, but, but a little bit taller. He's he, like JJ for as short as he is, he can see, he has great vision. He can see those holes in the explosion. That is Michael Wiley to the T this year. He'll he'll see that hole. He and then just as soon as he sees it, he's gone. Like forget it. You're not gonna catch him. Or if you do, it's because someone actually has a good angle or someone is like waiting like five yards back in the hole for whoever comes through. Um but other than that, like if you if if he can get around you, he's gone. You're not catching him. It's it's I just I can't believe yeah. the 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 jump he's made. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a very one cut is all he needs, and he'll just turn up the field. I, I mean, he really hasn't shown. He's never really been in a position where you know he's had to shake a defender down or spin move around someone. He's just turning the corner or finding the right gap and just bursting through it. I'm actually going to watch this film after we're done recording. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on to Jordan Morgan. Um, 
uh, again, you know, has a really just he had a really solid game. We had a we had a Chris out there for uh, you know covering it again, and he said that Morgan looked really really good. Probably one of the best games they've seen all year. Uh, it's literally just um, Marana's defense kind of failed him against um, uh, Cienega over the over the weekend as they dropped their first and only playoff game 49 to 28. But it's really nice to hear that um, at least Morgan had a, a really solid game. So um, even though the game didn't turn out how we wanted to, or, or even how anyone wanted to um, at least Morgan had uh, performed admirably. Yeah. He's uh he's a baby German shepherd right now. He's, he's going to be a canine dog in a few years. So uh, moving on to uh, Eddie Salmao, um, to, uh, Leone will drop their their game to Tafuna, uh, forty to twenty. Um, that puts them at two and five for the year. I ended up talking to uh, Eddie over the weekend a little bit, just kind of see how you know what, what his thoughts were. I mean, I know it wasn't a good season for him, but I want or for the team or anything like that. So I just checked up on him and he said that he is disappointed with how the season's going, but he's uh, working really hard on getting ready for. Um, the next level and, and coming to Arizona and, and getting better and everything like that. So I'm actually, I can't wait um, to see what his film looks like. Um, because I remember when I think I mentioned this last week, but I remember when his sophomore film was out, it was him at safety. I'm like, Oh, this guy's pretty good at safety. Not bad. Um, and then he committed. And I remember talking to him and he's like, yeah, I committed. At, um, they want me to come in as a stud linebacker. I'm like, what? I was like, how big are you now? He's like six three two twenty. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's a lot different than what I remember. And then I think it was like two weeks later, um, his junior film came out with him at stud and he was just destroying kids. So I can't wait to see what another uh, year at the position and, and more growth has done for him. Yeah, this is, this is a guy that I think is an absolute steal. And to be honest, I won't be shocked when Oregon offers him like late December and then he schedules visit in January and kind of flirts with that idea. But I, I, I definitely think he is one of the guys who uh, is probably going to get some looks late in the season and, and get some bigger offers for sure. I think he's just, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely harder just because there's not a lot of exposure and his film, his film definitely took a while to get out there um, and just bringing that out and creating that. But I think he could definitely make a jump and get some big offers coming soon. Uh, moving on to uh, Gabe's favorite uh, committed to the class, <laughs> Kyle Ostendorp, um, who's the uh, punter from Desert Vista in Phoenix. Uh, well, Desert Vista, like this was actually kind of a shocker to me, especially with how bad they beat Chaparral, but they, they, they like, handed Chaparral their butt uh, 40 to 14. Um, so they're 10 and one on season and they moved on to, uh, you know, the next round of playoffs and everything like that. There weren't any uh, stats for Kyle at the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I got on him. Yeah. Not much for me, but I mean, you will need him next year when, uh, Dylan Klump is gone. So just, and Jake uh, Ladding for that matter too. Yeah. And Jake. So he's, he's the guy next year. All right. And then moving on to, uh, Ahina Itogi or Rocky, um, Fort Scott's just not having a good season, which is kind of odd. Usually they're a pretty good, uh, Juco football team. Uh, they lost to Iowa central community college 40, 43 to nine. Excuse me. Um, even though, even though it wasn't that great of a game, Itogi did a really good job. Um, 
honestly, like watching his film from week to week since he's committed, I can see, and I'm pretty sure Gabe can too. You can see his development and growth and, and there is some refinement going on in his game. Like for me, like in my opinion, this is probably the best he's shown or the best uh, footwork he has shown all season and uh, best use of his, you know, ability to use his hands, not to create penalties, but to, to block and to, uh, disrupt the the pass rush and everything like that. So I was actually really impressed. I mean, it's just the little things that you notice with someone who's a who's a raw you know football player, and then you start to realize that things are actually starting to look a lot better. And, and to me, his footwork is definitely taking a jump this year, and it sh- or sorry this week, and it kind of showed. Yeah, he's an interesting cat, and I mean, just a huge body and. I mean, he's older, so that definitely helps. He's definitely grown into his size. He's not just going to be kind of a 6'5", 260 that needs to grow into a bigger frame. The only thing I just don't like is that he's a May enrollee. I really wish they could get him in in January. Excuse me, in January. And get him in spring practice because that's just that would be huge for him. Uh, to get that exposure on a much higher level than uh, his Juco league. I'm not sure what league, the Kansas league or whatever that is. Uh, That would just be tremendous for his development. So kind of a bummer. And uh, did he, was it him that just picked up an Ole Miss offer? Yeah, he picked up an Ole Miss offer. So pretty interesting to see. I mean, they, uh, Ole Miss definitely has a track record of sending offensive linemen, especially tackles, to the league. So, I mean, there's definitely some potential there. So, interestingly enough, I just pulled up his uh, his profile. I'm not, I'm not wondering how much how committed he is anymore because it used to say University of Arizona commit in his his bio. Now it doesn't, and he has the Ole Miss uh, offer pen. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's. Not, uh, I mean, the Twitters is always a a very telling sign of how a guy is is in his recruitment for sure. Yep. So we'll see how what, what development comes out of that. I'm expecting a uh, a decommitment here probably shortly now because of that. Hmm. Is that all of them? I think we got them all then. Yeah, that's all of them. All right, gentlemen. Um, Nothing going this week for the Cats, so uh, next week uh, we'll be heading up to uh, the Palouse uh, to take on the Cougs, and we'll be breaking it down before that game and revisiting new, any new updates. Uh, bear down. Bear down. Bear down, fellas. Gabe likes Michael Wiley. <laughs>